This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello, welcome. You're listening to your, your Money, SiriusXM, Channel 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Kent Smith, professor here in Philadelphia, and new episodes of the show premiere every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We're still not taking live calls, but if you're looking for a fee-only advisor, you can go to my website, kentonmoney.com. And so a new survey by Bankrate finds that 27% of mortgage holders don't know their own interest rate, and 80% have not refinanced this year despite the fact that r- rates are at a record low. Now, why is that? And is there still time, you know, to take advantage of these low rates? So my guest today is Greg McBride, who is a senior vice president and chief financial analyst for bankrate.com. I provide an analysis on a, advice and personal advice. So welcome back to the show, Greg. Thank you, Kent. Great to be with you again. Yeah, and so talk about mortgage rates right now. I mean, they're, they're low, but they're really low. Yes, uh, you know, record lows, as you noted, but uh, also about a full percentage point lower than they were this time last year, uh, which they were already low last year. So I think that kind of puts in context. Over the years, we've had a succession of new record lows, but you know, this one in particular, far lower than where we had been previously and certainly lower than I had expected that we would see in, in my lifetime. So a tremendous sure. opportunity, to say the least. Yeah, we try to avoid a lot of forecasts and predictions on the show, but nonetheless, over the next couple of months, I mean, do you think things will kind of bounce back a little bit, or do you think things will remain uh, low for a while? I expect that rates are are going to remain low. They may not stay at these low levels, but uh, uh, they will certainly remain low enough to be juiced for the housing market uh, and yeah. low enough to to facilitate refinancing. I mean, that being said, the thing with refinancing is uh, you know, it, it pays to grab it while it's there, um, just because anytime rates move against you, your potential savings begins to evaporate. So, uh, I, it, you know, I don't think rates are going to run away from you, but at the same token, nothing like grabbing the savings that's out there right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's odd that, you know, certainly 27% of respondents in your survey didn't even know what their interest rate uh, was. I imagine a lot of people even guessed and, uh, probably got it wrong there too. But, you know, why do you think that is? You know, I think it's not one of those details a lot of people are are dialed into, right? In the sense that, you know, if you're, uh, you know, you don't deal with it every day, if you've had your loan for a few years and, you know, maybe you knew it at the time you got the loan, maybe you didn't. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those details that I think, you know, kind of falls by the wayside for some people, whereas for others, it's front of mind at all times. And, and that's, you know, it's not the, necessarily having it memorized that's the key but being able to find it quickly that's how you're going to recognize the opportunity to refinance so check your mortgage statement call the company you make your mortgage payments to ask them what your rate is they can tell you you know that's step number one to identifying you know whether or not you're going to be a good candidate to refinance yeah it's it's certainly understanding your current rate and and so forth i mean so a lot of rates are advertised online. They even have the upfront costs and so forth. But once you get into the process, you realize, you know, there's a lot of additional costs that 
um, you know, prop up in in the process. I mean, getting um, you know, title insurance again, which seems like one of the biggest scams ever. That um, you know, getting the thing retitled again, often provided but uh, conveniently provided by the mortgage uh, company itself. Highly recommending you know you use your own or making it very challenging to use somebody else. And there's so many of uh, these rates that are, are not being advertised up in terms of upfront costs. I mean, so, but they're hoping that you've gone through the process enough, filled out enough stuff, and just, you know, by that point, you're kind of sticky and, and so forth. So how do you, I, I wonder if, you know, is if a lot of people are not refinanced because they're just discouraged by that, or they've heard about this, or what is your sense of, you know, why people aren't refinancing? Well, we see we we pulled consumers those that hadn't refinanced. Uh, you know what what's the reason or reasons why you haven't? And the three reasons that really bubbled to the top: uh, people felt like it wasn't going to save them enough money. Uh, secondly, was you know just too much paperwork and hassle, and uh, you know the costs and fees being too high. Uh, those are the, really the three uh, primary reasons that that people cite for not refinancing. Some of that has merit, but. I also think given the sharp drop in rates that we've seen this year, it does pay to revisit those assumptions. Yeah. So then who's a good candidate for refinancing? I mean, we often in the old days, we used to say, you know, as long as you're going to be in your house for the next, you know, six to seven years, things like that, maybe you should give it some thought. Um, what are kind of the rules of thumb you guys are, are using now? Well, if you can cut your interest rate by half to three quarters of a percentage point and, and you expect that you're going to be in your home, the next several years, it's worth looking into. Uh, with rates having dropped as low as they have, you're probably going to earn back your costs of refinancing within a year or two, provided that you're you're shopping around uh, and getting uh, competitive quotes. Uh, so you know, it you know, if you're you know, kind of the boxes you got to check. If you're still working, you have good credit, your income, uh, you know, hasn't gone down uh, about half of households it has, uh, you know, so I mean, assuming that that's kind of status quo on that front, uh, you have equity in your home uh, and you expect to be there for the next several years, anybody with a rate of three and a half percent or higher is really a good candidate for finance now. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I certainly refinanced a few months ago myself and I already had a fairly low rate and you're absolutely right is it's still uh, a potentially big rate saving. I mean, even just, it, it may even be an opportunity to shift from a 30 year to something like a 15 year, maybe you're in a 30 year, you have 20 years left, even a 15 year, it's often a big cost saving. Yeah, it can be, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, an individualized situation in the sense yeah. for a lot of people, their budgets kind of prevent them from going to a shorter term loan. You know, there's also the broader financial planning consideration that, uh, you know, if you're not utilizing your tax advantage retirement savings options, for example, should you really be pouring more money into an illiquid asset such as your home, right. uh, prioritizing, you know, paying down a low fixed rate mortgage over maximizing your retirement accounts, right? So, but the bottom line is, you know, even if you refinance to another 30 year, um, you have the ability and the flexibility to pay ahead if you wish. You can pay that off in a shorter period of time if you desire. You can make additional payments uh, as necessary. Uh, you don't necessarily have to marry yourself to the higher payments that may come with that shorter-term loan in order to generate savings. Yeah, and your survey also found that millennials are more likely to refinance than kind of older generations that have 
a, a mortgage? I mean, why is that? Why are millennials? Is it just because they're they get the information more easily? They're the more internet savvy, or is it because they have a fair amount of flexibility um, in terms of the, their cash flows, and maybe a little bit more stable and a little bit more certain? Or is it you know maybe older? Generations are just like, you know, maybe I'm not going to be in this house for very long thinking about retiring. What did your uh, your survey find? Well, I mean, with millennials, you know, the digital generation, yes, they may very well be tuned into the opportunity, um, you know, and be able to respond quicker. You know, they their loans are newer. They know what their rate is. They know where rates are today, and they recognize that opportunity. But also, you know, you know more recent home buyers, you know, younger homeowners, they still have that big balance outstanding, right? So they, yeah. they have the most to, to benefit by refinancing. Whereas, you know, right. boomers, uh, you know, to your point, maybe they're a few years away from downsizing in retirement, or they're in the latter stages of their loan. Their loan balance is declining pretty rapidly. It doesn't make financial sense for them to refinance. So I think there's a, a lot of those, uh, you know, considerations just kind of given where each is is in the lifespan of the mortgage. Yeah, and it, it certainly that it's, makes a lot of sense. I mean, it certainly would help if some of those fixed fees were a little bit more scaled to the actual mortgage size, things like title insurance. Again, it, that's the one of the things that I find um, fairly aggressive in a lot of this is that there's there's a lot of representation about upfront costs and you might want to have to multiply those sometimes three or four to really get kind of a, a true upfront uh, a cost. I, when you think about, you know, older people having mortgages, we, we often, you know, used to think by the time you're in your mid to late fifties, think about retirement, you really shouldn't be having a mortgage at that point, you know, or you, you've already paid it off, but that was kind of the old days of the white picket fence and having to buy in your house when you're 25 and things like that. Is the fact that you're seeing more and more boomers and near retirees having mortgages, do you see that as an issue going into retirement with a mortgage? Not in and of itself. I mean, you know, mortgage yeah. debt itself, very low fixed rate debt. Rates are much lower now than they've been in generations past. You could make a better argument for, you know, carrying a mortgage uh, into retirement yeah. uh, relative to years past when you were paying double digit interest rates. Where it is, uh, I think, uh, an indication of a problem is when the mortgage isn't the only debt that you're carrying. Yeah. Late in, late in your career or, you know, moving into retirement. When you have credit card debt, when you still have car loans and the mortgage, I think that's yeah. more of, of the warning flag there. Yeah, no, I, I certainly um, I agree with that. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's certainly also the, the low mortgage rates and in a fixed rate in particular, certainly is a decent inflation hedge going forward. I mean, the, the inflation hedge argument, you know, of course, it's with a fixed rate mortgage that, you know, you lock in today and if inflation goes up, presumably your wages will go up or if you're going to social security, social security benefits will go up with, with inflation, but you've locked in this low you know, interest rate uh, uh, alone. How much do you see that? I mean, quite frankly, it's the only reason I carry any mortgage is just because I see it. it it's hard to hedge inflation outside of you know treasury inflation, protected securities, I bonds, things like that. I mean, how much do you see that 
as a motive uh, in financial planning right now to, to, to recommend a mortgage or to keep a mortgage, even if people could pay it down, uh, especially as you know, government debt is exploding and inflation risk may be potentially higher in the future. Is that is that gaining attraction? Is that more of an esoteric for the nerds? I think it's more esoteric for guys like you and I, yeah. but nonetheless. I think that you know the the consideration is valid, and not just in an environment where you see higher inflation. I mean, yeah. fact is, you know, you talked about the different ways that you know people can hedge against inflation with you know things like tips and things like that, where from an investment income standpoint, or you know certain professions where you know uh, additional training and certifications can boost your income. But on the expense side, what is where where else can you hedge or or fix? lock in an expense other than that fixed rate mortgage. I mean, everything else is going to go up over time. Um, you know, that's, you know, your utilities, your insurance costs, everything's going to go up over time. But the yeah. principal yeah. and interest component of your mortgage, which by itself might well be your biggest expense every month, that you can fix and you can lock it in for three decades at a time. And so that's, I think, where the opportunity to, make financial headway over time, devote money to other financial priorities over time, or just, you know, improve your lifestyle when the biggest component of your monthly budget is set in stone for decades at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly sometimes Americans are often surprised when they do travel overseas and so forth to re realize that this 30 year mortgage thing is very unique throughout the world. I mean, a lot of the countries, you know, people there just have that. They, they might have a five, six, seven-year mortgage that they always have to refinance over those few years and then they're not able to lock in these long-term rates. Um, and if, related to that, when we think about uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mae, and so forth, I mean, Mac, I mean, I mean, and trying to get out of the government grip <laughs> right now before the change in administrations, um, you know, they're, they're scrambling and trying to do that right now. There's arguments on both sides of that. Uh, do you guys have an opinion on that? Well, yeah, I think, one, you, you know, careful what you wish for. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a reason these entities are in conservatorship in the first place. Right. That's because, right. you know, they were biting off a little more than they could chew from a risk perspective. <laughs> and the to good say the least, yeah, yeah. The housing boom. And so, yeah. um, you know, and then also it's, it is the fact that we have entities like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that we can get 30-year fixed rate mortgages right. at 2.5% right now. And that is uniquely uh, American, and uh, you know, yeah. right. I mean, adjustable rate is is the standard elsewhere around the globe. You know, I know somebody from the UK who, you know, kind of, you know, reacted with shock that what you actually have fixed rate mortgages, and I said, yeah, you know, we like our beer cold and our mortgages fixed rate over here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and Fannie and Freddie, you know, are are integral to that. I think you have to worry that. You know, if if as they move and become more and more private enterprise and more profit focused, you know, we've been down that road before. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that definitely has some downsides, particularly for mortgage borrowers, you know, down the road, you could see higher rates. Um, you know, there's, you know, you, you, you know societally, you, you could see them taking on risk that then requires a taxpayer bailout. Yeah, the awkwardness of it is, is certainly everybody knows that Congress is always going to have their back, even if they are private. And that creates the moral hazard problem when, when it comes to that risk taking that you're talking about. It's one thing if the shareholders are all taking on all the risk of Fannie and Freddie, but we all know 
ultimately it's like they can take these upside bets and but congress is even if they are privatized are still going to you know essentially have their back as they did during this last financial crisis so it is a, a very um interesting from a policy perspective certainly of course you know listeners can go to bankrate.com to find out different rates today and different uh banks offering those rates and greg a fantastic job once again thanks for much for coming back on the show my pleasure, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. And you can read more articles uh, by Greg at bankrate.com and follow him on Twitter at bankrategreg. Again, at bankrategreg. And this is Kent Smothers, Your Money. Remember, you connect with me online by going to my website, kentonmoney.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 